It is. It is time to do a lot of things. It is time to get ready for Jesus to come back. I'm telling you, it is time. It is time to get your life ready. It is, it is time for deliverance. It is, it is time for, um, it's time for you to connect. It is time for you to cooperate. It is time for you to change, time for us to change. It's time for um, us to contribute. And that's, that's what we've learned so far. And then tonight, I'm going to talk about it. It's time for refreshing. So last week I did talk about, uh, we studied, or we broke down the story of the paralyzed man who was carried to Jesus by four men. And we discussed it, we, we broke it down and saw ourselves in, in that passage and we realized that some of us need to connect um, with other believers. Some of us need to cooperate with the, with the direction God is giving our lives. Some of us we're at the, the point where God is saying it's time for us to change. And then some of us, God is saying it's time to contribute. He's saying, I've done a work inside of you, and now it's time for you to give back. You need to put in to somebody else what somebody put into you. And so um, with that being said, I want, I want us to launch something tonight that is prepared and ready to go. We, we don't have everything ready, but we have two support groups ready that are on Facebook. And these support groups is going to, this is going to offer an opportunity to those that need to connect with, with people that are full of faith. We're going to have a Facebook group, um, ultimately a Facebook support group for men, men that are wanting to live for God and, and struggling at times coming out of the world and and you need sometimes to just have a safe place where you can reach out and have other men that can support you encourage you so we're gonna have a covenant men support group we don't have we haven't launched that yet because we don't we have we don't have a moderator for that so if that's on your heart and and you want that for your ministry if you would please talk to me and or pastor Jeremy about that we do have one for the Covenant Ladies, so we have a Covenant Ladies support group that is ready to go, and Miss Robin Watts is going to be the, the, the leader for that, and if you are a lady, yes, give her a hand. I don't see her. So it's a secret, private Facebook group. You can look up, I think it's called Covenant Women Support Group. I can't remember. I'll have to, we'll, we'll, um. We'll share it on Facebook so you can see. Here's, here's um, who needs to join this group. If you need to connect with people that will encourage you, and then if you've been there and you know what it feels like to be rock bottom and you needed someone to encourage you, those two types of people. Now, if you are not really interested in helping somebody that's down, don't join that group because that group is going to be like a, like a support group. Maybe, maybe there's going to be a lady or a man um, in each group that, is, that says, you know what, I'm 24 hours off of alcohol. I am, am I ever going to get through the withdrawals? And they need a woman or a man that can say, yes, I'm 510 days off of alcohol, and this is what it feels like, okay? So you, you, that's a perfect place to contribute. 
and to connect. So it's the Covenant Support Groups. We also, and we have many that we want to start, we're also starting a, a Covenant Singles Support Group where you're single and trying to live for God and, and facing sometimes some struggles of, of being single. And this is not a dating website. All of these have super strict rules. You never mention names. You never will gossip. Our moderators will cut you off in a heartbeat and will ban you from the group, and you'll have to go find support somewhere else. <laughs> it's, um, it is uh, very, very covenant-minded. So if you want to join the covenant singles or the covenant ladies or the covenant men, now the covenant singles is co-ed, but it is not a place to meet um, and try to find someone to date. It is talking about living for God, staying pure, um, and when it's as a, as a single person, okay? So launching all three of those, those are, those are great ways to support, great ways to contribute. Diana Parker is heading, is going to be moderating the single one, so she will um, be, the, these moderators don't have to give all the answers, they're just watching to make sure nothing ever goes south or left. Left. I'm still learning. Left. <laughs> I was doing y'all's left. That's what I did. All right, so those, that was what I wanted to share that we are kicking off. Let's pray, and then I'm going to get started. I don't have a very long lesson tonight. So, Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing among us. I thank you for every ministry that is developing. I thank you for every person that is contributing I thank you for the work that you are doing, and I thank you for your refreshing, and I thank you for revival. It's a big deal to us. We need it. We desire it. Help us to steward it, and whatever you want to do, let it be done. Father, I ask that you would speak through me tonight. I cannot do it without your help, so I ask that you make it easy for me, that my thoughts, I bind my mind to the mind of Christ so that my thoughts would be like yours and what comes out of my mouth would uh, would be your words and lord i ask for every person that is listening that you speak to their heart your truth your words your life in jesus name amen all right so it is time for refreshing here we go i understand that the battle for believers can be pretty intense at times i do know that living for god is not an easy task. If, if you hit the easy button, the easy button does not involve living for God. There is not anything easy about it. Um, in fact, if you are living and you are breathing, then there is really no such thing as easy. I tell people, you've got two roads. You have an opportunity for two roads, and that's it. Two roads ahead of you, okay? One is the road of giving up, the road of um, convenience, the road that looks easy, but on the way there is destruction, and it's still hard. Or you have a hard road of courage, fighting, believing, restoration. They're both hard. Living for God, following Jesus is hard, but living for the devil and rebelling against Jesus is harder. 
One's worth it, one's not. Okay, so nobody, I, I understand that I'm not speaking to anybody tonight that's trying to hit the easy button. We know that living for God is hard, and if we're living and we're breathing, we are constantly fighting against powers of darkness that are trying to destroy us, trying to defeat us. And I know as long as we're living, it's going to be a battle. So tonight what I feel is that the presence of the Lord is saying, I want to give my people a, a breath of fresh air because I know, I know when you're dynamic and when you're doing something for God, it sets you up with a target on your back for the enemy to absolutely do his best to annihilate you. So we're going to go to Acts 3 and 19. I'm going to pull out this passage of Scripture. So it says, this is going to be a message of hope, message that will encourage us. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Everybody read this with me. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. We'll work it backwards. So that times of refreshing may come. So right off the bat, Peter is speaking. Let me tell you who he's speaking to. Well, he's speaking to us because his words are, we are his audience today. But in that time, he was speaking to people that had actually been a part of crucifying and killing Jesus. Okay? So he was telling them that there was hope for them. So look over to your friend and say, so there's hope for you. How many of you want to say, Thank you, Lord, that I was not alive during that time because as bad as I've been, I, I probably would have been in the audience of crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So he was telling those that had said crucify him, he was saying, he was telling them that there is an opportunity for times of refreshing to come. It's a message of hope. And he told them where the refreshing will be found. And where is it? Everybody say, the presence of the Lord. So he told them what was available to them and where it was found. Times of refreshing. How many of you don't mind? There's no shame in your game. You don't mind raising your hand and saying, whew, I need some refreshing. I'm a little tired. I'm a little weary. I kind of been having this voice in my head that's telling me I'm not good enough. I've been having this voice in my head telling me that I know I'm not even exempt from it. We had a deliverance night here with ladies, and God was really working, and guess what hit me like right after that? All the things I didn't do. Oh, I'm just not good enough for this, God. Let somebody else do it. Nobody is exempt. If you're living and breathing and you're doing something for God, you are not exempt from the enemy's attacks. If anything, you are set up for him to um, in, enhance and intensify them. So he's telling them there is a refreshing, and it's found in the presence of God. Then he told them how to get it. He loves them. He loves us. He's telling us there's hope. He's telling us where to find the hope. And then he's telling us what to do to activate it. And he says, everybody say repent and be converted. Okay, so converted there is not really the right word. The English translation kind of um, leaves out the beauty of what Peter was saying. 
How many of you know Peter did not speak King James? Peter did not speak English, okay? This actually, the original is going to be in, in the Greek. And so I went to the Greek and I looked up what convert. What did Peter actually say there? And that word is actually in the Greek. Here we go. Epistrepho. Epistrepho, okay? Which actually means to revert. Not, not just convert, because convert is to change. Revert is to return to the previous state. So times of refreshing don't just come when you change. Like you gotta, you got to change to the previous state. you got to return to the previous state. So if we, want, if, if we want to activate these times of refreshing that come from the presence of God, then he is telling us that we need to revert. We need to, everybody say, return to our previous state. Okay, so what is our previous state? You're going to probably get sick of going back to Genesis 1, but I can't even promise that this is the last time. So, Genesis 1 and 27, here's our previous state. Genesis 1 and 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So right off the bat, we find that our previous state, our original state, was we were born, everybody say, in God's image. In the image of God, okay? Go to verse 28. And I didn't give them these, Jerry, so it won't be super easy tonight. 1 and 28. It says just the first four words. Read them with me. Then God blessed them, okay? So we're made in his image, and we were blessed, right? Do you see that? Okay, now let's go to verse 31. Then God saw everything he had made, say this with me, and indeed it was very good. He didn't even just say it was good. It was very good. So when we revert to our previous state, our previous state is in God's image, blessed and very good. If you would put picture number one up there, please. In God's, nope, picture, I'm sorry, that's picture number one. Okay, so this is um, sand at the ocean, okay? And, and the little white up there is, is the water. So this is after it's been refreshed by the water, okay? This is like, I want, I want us to use this as an analogy of like our original previous state, Okay? It's in God's image, it's blessed, and it's very good. But how many of you have lived a, a couple of days? Once you've lived a couple of days, go to the next picture. I know this is how you feel. Because you have had people walking on you with their words. You have had the enemy trafficking in and out of your life. You were born into a family 
that had the enemy trafficking in and out of your home. And today, you don't feel like the first picture. You feel like the picture with footprints of, you know what that says to me? Trampled on. Trampled upon. And so what Peter is saying is we want you to come to the one, the only one that is able to refresh you and take you from that state back to your original state, which is looking more like him, blessed, and what was the third one? Very good. Okay? So let's just talk for a second. I'm not going to go very long at all. Let me read my notes here. So we're going to, through redemption, through deliverance, through discipleship, we're going to see that God is giving us in his presence the opportunity to return to our previous state, which is conformed to the image of God. Let me go ahead and get this out. Conformed to the image of God, blessed, and very good. The reason we can use this analogy is because paint your skin and it's dirt. Okay? So when he, when he created you, he did not create you a failure. He did not create you to be a loser. He did not create you to be destitute and to be very bad. He created us and he, he said, it is very good. But in Genesis chapter 3, we're presented with the presence of a cunning serpent. And because as human beings, we are moldable and able to conform, this cunning serpent moved into Eve's presence and her thinking conformed to his. Her thinking conformed to his, and then now we've got the presence of a footprint. Go back. The foot. A footprint in her thinking that affected her, and then she passed that conforming to a lie to her husband, who allowed his thinking to be conformed to that lie. And then before you know it, the next generation is already so affected that there's murder and death, like, right off the bat. Write this down. What one generation does in moderation, the next generation does in excess. Understand, your life is moldable. Your children's lives are moldable. Your thinking is moldable. Um, your children's thinking is moldable. That's why we have church Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday again, and sometimes we'll have Friday night radiant. Sometimes we'll offer other things. Why? Because we know 
the presence of evil out there, and we know the enemy is trafficking in and out of your very moldable soul, very moldable mind, very moldable emotions. And so we've got to get you back. We've got to get ourselves very often back to the place where the refreshing comes. And where is that? In the presence of God. That's why the enemy does not want you in the presence of God. That's why he wants you saying, oh, it doesn't take all that. That's why, because he doesn't want what he, all that he has um, trafficked in and out of your life and, and imprinted your thinking. He doesn't want that washed away by the presence of God. So what one generation does in moderation, the other does in excess um, let me have Bryce if you'll come with me. So if Bryce is God and God's standard and God's way, okay, and I am, I know my hands are cold, okay, and I am us, humanity. Turn it over a little bit if you will. Alright, so what one generation does in moderation, the next does in excess. So one generation, take one step, just deviates a little bit. Take another step. The next generation, keep going. The next generation. So now where we are, generation after generation after generation, and I obviously I can't keep going, but as if he kept well, yeah, let's do it. Another step. Okay, another step. Another step. And just keep going. All right. Now look. And I'll tell you where we are now, Bryce and I were talking today. We are exactly at a place where um, deviation is accelerating at an accelerating rate. Thank you, Bryce. You can be seated. So Genesis 3, 1 agreement with the enemy. It didn't even take a lot of time. I mean, bam, by, gener by Genesis 4, the next generation, you've already got murder. Like, that didn't even take many generations. Their oldest son killed their youngest son right off the bat. Didn't take much time. So then you've got the conforming to the enemy's way of thinking started with one mind, then it went to, to, to Adam's, and then on into their lineage. And it accelerates from there. So now here we are born into a world with pain, evil, and destruction. So we have a picture of a good creation, put up the, the, the flawless one, that was made in the image of its flawless creator, Yet it has been infiltrated by the presence of evil to the point of destruction and depravity. And so now, a lot of times, we're born looking like this already. With the enemy already trafficking in and out of our family. So what the Lord wanted me to tell us tonight. He is calling us. He is calling us to go back to the place where we can be returned to our original state. 
When you see him, you will be made like him. When you get in his presence, then he is able to. He is able to say, this way of thinking, your thinking has been conformed to a spirit of hatred that dwells in your family. So all of your thoughts, go back to the, all of your thoughts actually have conformed to the present. See, Father, help me get this out like I'm feeling it. This is just evidence that something was there. So, so that's called anger and rage. Look at how your moldable life conformed around anger and rage. So you don't understand why when something doesn't go your way, before you can stop yourself, you respond with anger and rage. And that's because anger and rage has been present in your family and your thoughts and your family and your reaction has conformed around anger and rage. So the Lord wants you to know, no, you're not messed up. No, he did not make a mistake when he made you. You've just had the presence of some things that have been trafficking in and out of your soul, in and out of your thinking, in and out of your heart, in and out of your life. And, and your life and your actions and your reactions have conformed to those things. Is it making sense? Really hard lesson to write. Really hard lesson to teach. So this is why we have to get real. Because every one of us are currently living in a time where right is called wrong and wrong is called right. Evil is celebrated and exalted and truth has become relative. Satan and his kingdom are trafficking in and out of souls, in and out of marriages, in and out of homes, in and out of communities, in and out of schools, in and out of churches, in and out of nations, infecting many with deception, darkness, deviousness, destruction. I know that it makes the enemy mad, but our intention as pastors is to hold up a banner, go back to the other, to say, God created you, and it is possible to look like him. It is possible to be blessed. It is possible to be very good in his sight. So what the enemy wants to do is he wants to change your image because he hates your image. What's your image? The image of God, right? He hates your image. So what right now is, is attacked the most? Teenager's image. Teenager's image. He wants, to, he wants to attack and change your image. He wants to attack and change your status. What was our status? Blessed with authority. So what does he want to do? Curse with no authority. 
And then he wants to turn you from good into bad, into full of pain, into full of frustration. So our intention as pastors is to hold a banner high for everybody to see that Jesus Christ can deliver, Jesus Christ can set free, Jesus Christ can heal, Jesus Christ can restore. Jesus Christ can change your thinking. He can change your life. He can change your behavior. He can change your identity. He can change your status. I'm not going to go much longer. Let me just skip through some of my notes. So through his presence, his presence can come in. He has given us the authority to drive out the spirits that are trafficking in and out of your life. You know, we teach deliverance here, but we don't just teach it. We do it. We do it. And here's the thing. You came a little too late to tell me that it's not real because I've been delivered. I mean, you'll have, I, I experienced it. So you can't tell me it doesn't work and it's not real because I've, I've received it. I've seen it. So there's really no reason to debate whether or not it's real. You'd have to debate with somebody that's never seen it because I've seen it. I've lived it. I'm walking it right now, okay? So what I find is Hezekiah had his, had his kingdom and it was being attacked by the king of Assyria. And so what they did is the king of Assyria went to Hezekiah. This is not in my notes, but I'm just, it's, a, it's a good time, so I'm going to say it. And the, the king of Assyria had his messenger tell the people of Judah, don't believe Hezekiah when he tells you the Lord will deliver you. Well, guess what? There's an enemy coming to you saying, don't believe the pastor when he tells you that Jesus can deliver you. I just read it again today in Isaiah. So the messenger of the enemy king actually said this, Mom. He said, don't believe Hezekiah when he tells you to trust in the Lord because the Lord will deliver you. He actually then goes on to say, make a deal with me and I will give you land like your land. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, that is the same spirit in operation in the world right now in religion that is saying, don't believe your pastors when they tell you, Charlie, that deliverance is real. Instead, just make a peace treaty with me and I'll give you a life that's like the life that Jesus had for you. Don't sign that peace treaty. Deliverance is real. Deliverance is available. I think that's in Isaiah. I was reading today in like Isaiah 30-something. It's worth reading. And there's that same spirit operating right now saying, I mean, like, I don't understand. Why would I walk up to you, Sherry, when you're tired and you're weary? And why would I tell you that there's no such thing as you being delivered? The gospel is good news. Like, why would I want to argue with you and tell you that there's no such thing as help for you? I don't understand. I don't understand that. So there is a spirit of the enemy that wants to tell you, don't believe when God says he can deliver you. Rather, just settle in your dysfunction. There's deliverance for you. And through deliverance, 
through the refreshing presence of God. The refreshing presence of God can come into your life and drive out the things that are oppressing you, the things that are controlling you, the things that are enticing you, the things that are tormenting you, and the things that are stealing from you. All right. But after that, you got to deal with, so we drive out the spirits. We drive them out. They're gone, but your life has conformed to them. Like 40 years of every day being conformed around whatever was there. So let me read it to you. Footprints of the enemy's presence in your life. We can kick the enemy out. But while he was there, your thoughts were conformed to the spirit of rejection. So now, rejection is gone. But you've been living 40, and I'm just going to use 40 because that's just like a good, happy number. You've been living 40 years with every thought being conformed around the presence of rejection in your life. So now, rejection is gone, but you've got this habitual thinking of rejection. Or your thoughts, rather than being conformed to Jesus Christ, they were conformed, they've been conformed to the spirit of depression. Or they conformed to the spirit of poverty. Or your thoughts, every thought. You have habitual thinking with every thought being conformed to the, sp the spirit of fear of like, oh, what are they going to think? Oh, what if I fail? Oh, what if? I mean, just every thought of fear, 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 fear. And we kick, the pres we kick fear out. But now we got to get in the presence of God some more so he can wash over that old way of thinking and smooth it back out and start it afresh, all right, into what he says. Is it, I hope, I hope it's resonating. I'm almost finished. Let me carry on. Okay. So instead of your desires being conformed to God's desires like your original state, your desires conformed to the spirit of lust or the spirit of confusion or the spirit of rebellion. You see why confusion has to hit children, why it wants to hit children so young? So they, they build everything all of their life around being confused. Their desires. 13 years old, heavy desires. 14 years old, heavy desires. And so if the spirit of confusion can imprint the desire of a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old, And their desires are built around, I don't know my image. I don't know what I am. I think I'm this. I'm being told I'm this. We don't judge those kids. But we got to get them in the presence of God. We have to get them in the presence of God so he can wash 
over so he can refresh and renew their thinking. So instead of your habits conforming to Christ's habits, your habits conformed to the spirit of addiction, the spirit of criticism, the spirit of gossip, and we can kick those things out, but then you've got to deal with your habit because your habit was built around the presence of that thing there. And instead of your reactions conforming to God's reactions, they have conformed, let's just get real, to a spirit of frustration. And it's just easier to be frustrated all the time. It's just easier to wake up in the morning frustrated at our kids. It's just easier to, why are you going, life's so good. I don't know. I mean, it's just all I've ever done. Are you frustrated? No, I've been delivered from that. You need to get in the presence of God and let him refresh your thinking because you're telling everybody you're delivered and you're walking around going, are you having a good day? Yeah. It's a habit. Frustration is a habit. Aggravation. You're just aggravated. You don't even know why. Because your life was built around reactions of aggravation. It's how mama acted. It's how daddy talked. And it's all I know. The spirit of hatred or the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of rage. So you just automatically react. So I put in my notes right here. Let's pause to let that soak in for just a minute. And then I'm going to get ready to baptize. First of all, I want to know. Go back to the other picture, if you will. Is it just, Rachel, you can get ready. Everybody give Rachel a hand. She's about to get baptized. David Clay, if you'll come. So is it, is it just evidence of something? I'm speaking to two different groups of people today. Is it just evidence of something that once was there or is there something actually there that we need to kick out? Hey, if there is, it's easy. We can absolutely deal with the enemy that quick, okay? Or is it a habit? Is it Habitual thinking, is it habitual reactions, is it, is it just because you have conformed to all that you've been exposed to? That's where it's tough. That's where it takes some time. And that's where you're going to need the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, because let me end with this. So let's use mm, depression. So depression was there. It was pressing in on your moldable life. It was there. Okay? We kick it out. Its imprint is there. And you don't saturate yourself with the presence of God 
and you get hard. Hardened thinking. Hardened behavior. Hardened habits that are really, really hard to break. Hard to break. If you'll stand to your feet, what I want to ask you, I want to ask you, if we deal with the enemy tonight, is your heart hardened to thinking like he's wanted you to think all this time? Is your heart hardened to reacting like he's wanted you to react all this time? Or are you pliable? Either way, the presence of God is where your, re your refreshing comes. So, Jerry, go back to the last picture. This is what's beautiful. The Bible talks about we are washed by the water of the Word. Jesus Christ tells us He is the living water. So I'm asking every one of us tonight to get ourselves in the presence of the only one that can revert us to our blessed state, revert our thinking to his thinking, revert us to that good status that only he can give us. There's a reason why the enemy wants to isolate you. There's a reason why the enemy wants you to run. There's a reason why the enemy wants you to be too busy to be in the presence of God. There's a reason why the enemy wants to do everything he can to keep you out of the presence of God. Because the presence of God is where your refreshing comes from. And the presence, the refreshing, when I looked that word up, that means revival, to be revived, to be revived. So it doesn't matter if the enemy has made you think you are nearly spiritually dead in the presence of God. Lex, are you, can you, do you already have a song picked? I was just thinking in the presence of Jehovah, I should have asked you earlier, can you play in the presence of Jehovah? In his presence, he can help you change your thinking. He can help you see what you've been blind to about yourself. He can show you habits that you've been unaware of. He can refresh you. He can revive you even if you're spiritually dead. So his presence deals with the enemy and his presence deals with with you. Why don't you just kind of lift your hands right now and let yourself be refreshed. You're not too far gone. You're not a mistake. You're not a failure. No, you just made mistakes and you're just having to deal with some habits because the enemy has been present all around you. But it, you're not too far gone. You're not destined for destruction. God is not giving up on you. Instead, he's calling you to repent and get into his presence and let him revert you back to who he said you were in the first place. He said, I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans. So, Lexi, 
Why don't you sing while they're getting ready? Everybody, this is for you. You can come to the altar if you want to. Let the wave of the presence of God just rush over you. Let the presence of God deal with those imprinted thoughts. on your actions. Wash, wash over me, God. Reset. Reset me back. I've been trampled upon. The world has trampled upon me. Curses have trampled upon me. The enemy's trampled upon me. are going to stay open because the presence of God is here. If you have to go because uh, you know the, if you need to get your children, you're free to go. We just ask that you leave quietly because we don't want to interrupt the refreshing that people are able to receive right now.
want to introduce her really quick. Let me get in the camera. Okay. So this is this is Rachel, and she messaged yesterday, and she she said, "I'm I'm ready to get baptized." She said. God is doing some great things in my life. And she said, I'm ready to completely surrender my life to following Jesus Christ. So I know she can't see you, but let her feel you and hear you celebrate. We are celebrating this with you, Rachel. Rachel.